Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to Modernizer Die Podcast, the CFML News Edition. It's October the 13th. I'm Gavin Pickin, a software consultant for Eric's, uh, for Order Solutions. Not, <laughs> Not Eric for Solutions. Eric Solutions. Because <laughs> no, I'm Eric Peterson, <laughs> a software consultant for Gavin Solutions. <laughs> I don't think that works. Okay. Yeah, we'll get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> for Order Solutions. Yeah. Speaking of Order Solutions, they're uh, the sponsor of this uh, podcast. And without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. So thank you, Order Solutions. Um, you, one way you can say thank you for the podcast is by actually paying Order Solutions for a few of the commercial services they do. Obviously, Order does a lot of open source work and every a lot of things are free, but we do have some paid things too. And one of them is paid trainings. So we have two more um, virtual workshops coming up in October, November. We have uh, one more cold box one and we have a quick workshop coming up too. Um, and uh, we also have CFCast, which is our subscription service for a lot of great content, which we release free and paid every week. And so you can go to cfcast.com to help support us there. And obviously you can always, always support us with Patreon, right, Eric? That's right. We love our Patreon supporters. We are at the 57% mark for f fully funding this podcast on our Patreon site. And you can check it out at patreon.com slash order solutions. Okay. So enough about that. Thank you for everyone who makes this podcast possible, but they don't want to hear about that. They want to hear the news. So let's go. Yeah. The first bit of news is the into the box Latam dates for this year have been announced. It is December 3rd and 4th. It is online and it is only $7. Yeah, we're trying to be so geographically attuned to prices and, and everything. And uh, we're aiming for Latin America and uh, a lot of people in those countries just really, you know, they're, they're not paid in the same bracket that we are here. And so we've last year was a free one day conference this year. It's a two day conference and $7 we think is affordable for everybody. So. So yeah, so we're looking forward to that. It'll be completely in Spanish. Um, I'm not sure how Brad's going to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll have a translator for Brad. Yeah. Like they had the translator for John last year. Yeah, exactly. And John will be speaking again to uh, Luis, Javi. Uh, we got a lot of good orders, you know, orders people there. And they're trying to get some community members as well to, to come and speak at that. So yeah. Um, but yeah, finally announced that. So it's good to see year two. Last year was a big success. I know that was in person. Uh, hopefully the online conference does just as well. So last year they even had government support. It was kind of cool. The government was actually, uh, the Department of Education actually, uh, you know, wrote a couple of blog posts. They had, you know, TV interviews. It was crazy. So it's really, really important for Latam uh, to have, you know, technology and, and everything. So it's cool to give back. Yeah, I know we're excited on the CFCast team. We've been working hard to get the website ready for multilingual content so that when Latam comes around, those videos are going to be available to people in their native language and with a website that they can read in their native language. Yep. So the website right now is uh, latam.intothebox.org. But as we mentioned, we'll talk a little bit more in the conferences section. Okay. So... 
uh, another conference, which is happening like this week, is the Couchbase conference. So Couchbase Connect. And they're actually adding a third day of content. So I guess they had so much good content, they actually added one more day. Um, and so that's a free conference. You can go to connect.couchbase.com to find out more about the conference and sign up, register, save your spot. And um, they also have the, we have a link to the press release about adding that third day as well. But yeah. there's a lot of and good content. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Couchbase, we're big fans of Couchbase uh, or this. It's a great product from anywhere from a distributed caching system to some NoSQL capabilities. And so we even provide a Lucy uh, extension for using Couchbase as a session cache. So, yeah, it's definitely a great product. Uh, it's different from CouchDB. Some people get confused that there is a difference. Um, but yeah, so they've got over 100 sessions planned. So if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about caching, uh, yeah, go check that out. That is free and online 14th, 15th, 16th. So if you can pull yourself away from Amazon Prime Day tomorrow, yeah, maybe watch some couch-based content. <laughs> I mean, you can do both, right? Well, you could, yeah. I guess if you've got more than one screen. and. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do we have next, Eric? We are talking about getting started with Adobe CF Next or Project Stratus or the CF 2020 slash 2021 beta has a lot of different names. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what name they're going to go with. <laughs> I guess <laughs> right. we'll find out when we find out. But So as usual, uh, Charlie Earhart is providing wonderful uh, content for the community on this. And we have a blog post that we'll put in the chat in the show notes about how to get started, um, how to register for the beta if you're not already registered, some of the what's new in there and what to look for. So we'll share that the, uh, again in the show notes. It's a great getting started guide. Yeah, it really goes into a lot of details. Uh, I almost had my mouth, you know, draw drop when I read that there's over 500 pages of release notes already on the beta. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So, um, yeah, but, but yeah, so I think it's a, it's a great resource. And if you're thinking about using the beta or if you're using, you know, cold fusion, I would definitely recommend looking at it, checking it out, uh, and, and see what's there. I mean, this is a good opportunity for us to, to fix anything too. If there's issues or problems, we want to find out now before it gets released. It's always easy to fix now while it's in beta. So, you know, test your, test your library, test your modules, test your frameworks, um, and, you know, get up and running. And so thanks, Charlie, for yeah. that. We appreciate it. I was going to mention this is a great time to uh, throw the CF. I think it's still uh, Adobe at 2020 and Forgebox, but throw that in to your matrix for your uh, CI tests. Just make sure it still passes. Yeah, I know we've been. Or uh, um, I think you could even use Adobe at BE to get the bleeding edge and it should pull down 2020. So. Yeah, now that it's a public beta, I believe, yeah, that all works. So, yeah, it's definitely something we should be doing. Uh, I know that yeah, a lot of people, once it's released, start using it. And, you know, if you're using something, you're open sourcing your library or something, people are going to expect it to work. So you spend the time now uh, and, and try and get that up and running. And, yeah, the matrix idea is really great. I know that that's helped us a lot trying to keep things up to date and running for a lot of our products, modules, libraries, et cetera. Okay, so next up, we have a reminder that it's Hacktoberfest 2020. Um, so DigitalOcean's uh, open source support 
program and uh, they team up with a lot of great um a lot of great companies to bring this every year and whether you're a developer or someone learning to code uh, there's lots of things here the big change this year from previous years though is that um previously you had to basically you know find a github repo and and make some pull requests and unless the 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 maintainer denied your pull request it would count but this year because of everyone just basically spamming trying to get their t-shirts trying to get their prizes uh, they've made it where you have to opt in as a you know for the repos um, and so you have to tag your repo or tag the pull request um, for it to be valid so please you know be aware of that if you're trying to get your pull requests added you know there are some rules and we've got a hacktober first update link here as well so it's uh it's very important to read that they even have a video that you have to sit through and watch to sign up so it's like a 10 minute video they they give you some ethics and some lessons on your first pull request and they make you <laughs> fill it out and to be honest i actually got confused when i was trying to fill it out i kept clicking you know like continue and it would keep taking me back to the previous page. So I hadn't checked the boxes because I hadn't watched the video that let me check the boxes. So uh, just, you know, they're, they're really trying to make it more, uh, you know, repo owner friendly and maintainer friendly. Um, so the, they're taking everyone's feedback. But it is still a great, you know, great thing. You can either get a T-shirt or you can plant a tree in your name if you complete it. It's still only four pull requests, which is very manageable. Um, so it's very it's very cool uh, definitely check it out so just want to let everyone know that there is a big difference in the way it's run though and that's because you know they're trying to support the community okay the next little bit of news the mid michigan Colfusion user group is going virtual so uh it's today at 7 p.m eastern uh nick oh how do we say this <laughs> i was gonna say i'll, I'll let you try Quiet that Kowski? Yeah, so Kowalkowski. Nick Kwiatkowski will be speaking on code workflow, uh, deploying an app to AWS. So we'll share the, the link to their Facebook group and you can join that virtual meetup. Yep, they're hosting it through Teams. Uh, the Teams link was really long, so that's why we're sharing the Facebook link. <laughs> Not quite uh, so like Microsoft Teams? Yeah. Got it. So, and then another one this week. So tomorrow we have uh, the Seattle CFUG. Uh, Leona Daniel is going to be in, talking about integrating your Cold Fusion app with the Thinkific platform. So shows you how to integrate your Cold Fusion app with the Thinkific API, which is a great learning platform. I've mentioned before, uh, I use it with a couple of clients. Uh, really, really impressed with it. The API is really neat, and you can do a lot of cool things with it. And it's a really good way to start if you want to play with APIs too. They have a free developer account, so. If you just want to, you know, practice, uh, you know, learning how to integrate with APIs, it'd probably be a good place to start. So uh, it's pretty neat. And yeah, I'm really curious to see what Leon uh, is going to show us. So I'm looking forward to that one. That's tomorrow, Wednesday, October 14th at 6 to 7, 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. So very cool. It's good to see some so many meetups. And there's another one this week. Yeah, so the online CF meetup is back this week. It's got a strange person leading it, though, this week named Gavin Pickin. Yeah, he keeps, <laughs> he's always talking about something silly. It so. is about building APIs with Cold Fusion. Part one, does this mean you're coming back multiple times? Yeah, I will be. Um, I did want to... Awesome. 
I'm doing another one. Part two will be later on. And they're doing like a little API series because that's one of the biggest things that was requested when they did their survey not too long ago is people want more API content. And so this one, part one, really going to focus on start coding APIs today, even if you're running a legacy site. You know, obviously I've done presentations on using Coldbox and the HMVC REST template and all the cool things that Coldbox modules do and, and all those things that make life easy working with APIs. And so this one is basically, okay, well, how can I do that in a legacy app where I don't have all these things? So this is kind of like a, a flashback and we still work with clients that have a lot of legacy apps and we have to create API endpoints. So this is showing you how you can do it. And so we'll go through different ways. You can add some flavor of API into your, into your app. And then sort of part two is, okay, if we're going to use something like uh, Coldbox and HMVC framework, what problems are we going to solve? Because to, the way I'm going to do it this week, we're going to show you how to do it, but we're going to show you how to do it even easier and better in part two. So this will get you up and running today. And then the next one is like, okay, these are all these problems we get facing. And this is why we built the API framework this way. And so I think it'll be an interesting series and hopefully we get some people show up and learn something and yeah, start building APIs today or Thursday. <laughs> that's awesome yeah so that's thursday at 12 p.m u.s eastern time yep and all jokes aside gavin is one of the best teachers about building apis he has taught a lot of people both on the legacy side all the way to as modern as it comes so you will learn a lot yeah that's actually funnily enough uh Charlie and Dan reached out to me about asking, it's like, yeah, when we do Cold Fusion APIs and search, your name pops up first. So I'm like, what? I'm the API guy? How'd that happen? But uh, I guess I talk <laughs> a lot at CF Summit about APIs and, and stuff. So, so yeah. But uh, it'll yeah. be it'll be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And then, yeah, in a few weeks' time, um, we'll be announcing the next session, which, you know, I think in early November. So... So some real-time follow-up on that. Charlie in the chat says there's already 71 signups for this meetup. So That's pretty people cool. do indeed want to hear what you have to say about APIs. Cool. Uh, well, I better get uh, get that finished up so it's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Got two days. Yep, two days. Okay. So next up, we have a little CFCast update. So we got new yeah. content every week. What do we got this week? We have one new video this week in our... Configure your CFML servers with CFconfig uh, with Grant. It is about the diff command. So you can go ahead and check that out. Subscribe to CFcasts and continue on learning about CFconfig. Very cool. Yep. So every week we'll, we release content, some paid, some free. The subscription model allows you to basically get a lot of great content when you subscribe. So uh, definitely check that out on cfcast.com. And there is a support option if you want to suggest what things we should be focusing on. What do you want to learn about? Uh, we've got a lot of things planned, but we're always looking for feedback on making sure we're giving you guys the right content. Okay. So next up, let's talk a little bit about conferences and training. So we mentioned that Couchbase Connect is uh, October 14th through 16th. So if you go to connect.couchbase.com, you can register for that. Over 100 sessions planned, a lot of great content. So uh, definitely a good one. Check that out and find out more about NoSQL and caching. So. Next up, we have a couple of Ordis workshops here before the end of the year. 
The next one up is October 22nd and 23rd. It is the Cold Box Hero to Superhero led by Luis Mahano. And this one is updated for Cold Box 6. So he'll take you. Is this the API edition still, Gavin? Yeah, the API edition. So this is building um, when we talk about Gavin getting all the way to uh, fully modern APIs. That's what you'll be building here in the Cold Box 6 here with the superhero course with Luis. Yep. You'll be doing a lot of work with, uh, you know, JOTs or JWTs. Uh, you'll be using the the base handler and everything. So you lo- use a lot of great modules. And yeah, at the end of it, you're writing, you know, great modern code, APIs, tests included. Uh, it's a really great, good session and a great follow-up to the Callbox Zero to Hero that uh, a lot of you have been taking with us lately. So, And then you're doing your quick workshop being in demand and so eagerly awaited. Yes, and we finally have an Eventbrite page for it. So we'll share that in the show notes and in the chat. It is November 5th and 6th. It's a two-day workshop with myself and it is uh, building a blog with Quick. So we're going to go through the basics of that, build an actual real-world application to show you all of the different features and how it solves uh, common problems that you've run into in your own applications with working with your database. Yep. Awesome. And then use podcast 10 as your discount code and get 10% off those workshops that we're providing. So very cool. I'm looking forward to the quick one too. I love working with quick. It was a couple of client projects recently. Me and Eric have worked together and I've learned a lot more about quick and it's definitely a step up uh, compared to ORM It's night and day. And so if you guys are, you know, dabbled a little bit with ORM or thinking about it, go quick. Trust me, you'll, you'll thank you. You'll thank yourself for it and the way it integrates with QB and CF migrations and everything. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's so nice. Very nice. You definitely want to check that out. So, okay. So next up we have, uh, the Adobe CF summit 2020. So that's going to be online and available at cfsummit.adobeevents.com. It's online and free and you can view that's going to be November 17th through the 19th. So I know they've been releasing information about speakers. So that is up on their website. Um, I'm still looking for session information. I haven't seen that one. If we click on someone, nope, it's just no. the people, no sessions yet. So right. I know they're adding information all the time. So we'll keep checking back on that, but do go get registered. Uh, I know that they're really going to try and put an, a good online immersive digital experience. So, you know, basically you can still network with the best in, in the industry. They really want to bring it up and make it a, you know, a quality online conference. So they're working hard to make that happen. So, and then if you're on the heat, sorry, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and usually with their, uh, with their conference, they have trainings and obviously online means that they can't do that the day before in person, but they have the Adobe Cold Fusion certification available online now. And so the introductory offer is still four ninety nine, I believe the price hasn't changed. Let me just double check that. But, um, yeah, a lot of great content. You've got um, 50 videos, about 10 hours of content, a multiple choice quiz at the end. Um, it's, yep, still $4.99 introductory offer. So, um, but it's a, it's a great product, uh, a lot of good content. And, yeah, a lot of people were asking for the certification back after they had so many years off. 
And so uh, a lot of people have taken it and there's good quality content. So uh, recommend it. Awesome. We talked earlier about Into the Box of Tam. It's a reminder, it's December 3rd and 4th online and seven dollars for both days uh, oh and in spanish so <laughs> it's gonna be a great conference but if you don't speak spanish it might not be as great for you yeah might not be <laughs> <laughs> and lastly uh just a reminder uh cf camp is taking a break for the year 2020 because they're smart and the rest of us wish we could and we'll hopefully hear back from them in 2021 Okay, so next up, we got some blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So first up, we have a blog post from Will DeBruin, and he's had a great series talking about CB security and CB validation and, and everything there. And this is another good quality uh, blog post here. Yeah, so he's going into um, extending CB security to validate things completely custom. And I love that he went into this because we ship with Coldbox um, a lot of defaults, you know, convention over configuration, but there's always a way to go in and make it behave how you want. So for one of his applications, he needed a different kind of security permissions. And this blog post goes through how he did that, but still using um, the rest of CB security that he wanted. So I yeah. loved it. Yeah, it's, it's nice. He basically made a, a database table to store additional permission information and then uh, had it had the, the rule validator actually go out and get that information and and validate it the way he wanted to. So it was it was pretty neat. I mean, he's got real detailed information here showing you all the code he did to use it. And as he says at the end, it may not be exactly what you need, but, you know, they have the most granular permission system they could get. And he just says it shows the flexibility of the CB security module to be able to work with that. So, um, yeah, so it was pretty cool to see. Like I, said, I like these because, yeah, I mean, like you said, Coldbox does have its conventions. It's, you know, like this is a way that we think you should do it. But the one thing I like about Coldbox is you can pretty much do anything you want. It's just if you follow the conventions, you know, you're following that path. And a lot of times the framework is meant to help guide you. So you don't have to make those tough decisions and figure out what you need to do or how you should do it. If you follow the conventions, everything just works easily. Uh, if you want to do it differently, you can, but, um, you know, you just have to do more of the work yourself. So it's, it's cool that you can just, you know, add a custom validator in here and now you've extended CB security and made it work for you. So. Okay, so next up we have the Charlie Earhart blog post, Getting Started with the Project Stratus. So we mentioned that one previously. It was so important, it had to be on the top of the news. Uh, we have another one here from, from Ville. Yeah, uh, this one was interesting because uh, it has to do with using CF Migrations, which is a library to help you uh, apply database changes, schema changes. Um, and one thing that Will ran into, and a lot of people do, is when you try to drop a table, and there's foreign key constraints yeah. that you have not dropped. And <laughs> it can be frustrating because the error message from SQL doesn't say this foreign key. It just says, there are some. Go figure it out. <laughs> and yeah. so um, this is specific to SQL Server, but he showed a way to uh, list all of the foreign keys for a specific table so that he knows which ones he needs to go clean up. 
Yeah, like the even links to the eleven ways to return foreign keys in a SQL Server database. But <laughs> he found the ones he liked the best, and uh, yeah, and again, real useful, detailed. Um, so, and I like the fact that he even mentioned with Schema Builder when you if you reference your foreign keys a certain way, it'll actually name the keys a certain way too. So, right. So I I will point out that the in that eleven ways article the ones that use information schema are going to be um, cross database grammar uh, compliant so information schema is something that you can find in all four of the major grammars very cool maybe not the easiest but it is the most uh, cross compliant gotcha okay okay so next up we have uh a little framework training three-part series. Um, David Byers has uh, written a little uh, blog series. He's released the first two parts. And maybe I should let you do the talking on this one because I'm actually part yeah. of it. Yes, you are. So uh, David Byers is writing in about his experience with getting into Coldbox and specifically the Coldbox uh, Zero to Hero workshop. That Gavin just ran. Um, and it's interesting. I think a lot of you might uh, relate to it. He talks about his thoughts on frameworks and how, sure, they're nice, but not really for me. Uh, talks about the three top frameworks and how he, he chose to get started in them. And then talks about his experience with the workshop. And it was, it was positive. He said Gavin was an amazing teacher. They recorded it because David was the only... Um, the only person in this workshop, but he said he loved that because he got all of Gavin's time and was able to ask all his questions, like especially about why the framework does certain things. Like, do I have to use that helper? Could I do something else? Uh, questions that a lot of you would have who have solved problems without a framework. You know, do I have to do it the framework way? What's the benefit? And so I think his part three was, is going to dig into um, him using Coldbox in some of his own applications next. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was a, a nice overview from somebody that took our training and what they thought about it. So Yeah, and I mean, I, I thought it was interesting too because it was kind of strange to teach it, to be honest, to try and teach it to record it so we can use in CFCast later or have it as a virtual training because I know a lot of people can't take it in our time zone and they want to be able to take their time more and absorb it and so we recorded it for that um, and one of the one of the things is is that usually we cater this to the people taking the training and so I was catering to David's knowledge because you know he's a very you know very apt uh, Cold Fusion developer and so I was trying to you know basically make it work for him but we've actually taught people um that have never touched cold fusion before and they got through the training one of our graphic designers from audis never touched cold fusion before and she took this training and she did pretty well i mean so you know we we do throw you in the deep end a little bit with this one um because the whole idea of this training is to get you up and running and, and t get a taste test of all the things in cold box using modules looking at testing um and so it's it's kind of interesting but uh, I'm glad it was a positive experience, and yeah, now he's basically playing with Coldbox, and he's going to report back in part three to give more information about, um, you know, 
actually using it and and see see how it goes so but yeah so uh, it's cool i was a little scared to read it because you know <laughs> always hard <laughs> to hear critique you know but he was positive and you know i also like the fact that he talked about all the major reasons people don't like frameworks so he mentioned all of his reasons he didn't like frameworks as well and you know and we see that a lot and a lot of things yeah it just takes time to evolve and but once you get those big wins, you, you see them, it's, you know, you sort of never turn back. So hopefully he gets that. And yeah, I'm curious how part three will be. Okay. So next up, we have some from Ben Adele. So he had a, a couple, like a mini series here on uh, using Postmark. Um, that's the provider they use. But so he was using SMTP hitters. And in the first post, which we'll talk about in a minute here, we go backwards in time. I know it's kind of weird, but um, <laughs> basically after that previous post, Aaron Terry mentioned that his approach was fine from a generic standpoint, but most, you know, software as a service, email providers uh, actually have some pretty cool uh, features built in. And one of them was Postmark's metadata documentation. So it turns out if you include headers with this little prefix here, Postmark will pass them and remove them before the email reaches the end user. So you can use the, 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 the metadata for any debugging, you know, it's all in Postmark. You can see all that information, but it never actually makes it to the, to the end result, you know, the end receiver of the email. So that's pretty cool. So, yeah, well, there's, I know I've done something similar in SendGrid where you can add in you know, any of your custom metadata, I believe custom args or custom tags is what they call them. Yeah. And then on your own backend, you can see all that information, you know, run reports off of it, but nothing ever gets to the user about that. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty neat. Um, and so, and as Ben said, he's been using them for years and never knew it existed. And a lot of times, you know, you have existing software they've used and used, but you don't even know half the features. So it's one of those gentle reminders that if you're using something, don't necessarily go looking for a solution. They may have already solved it. You know, you, other customers may have asked for it and they may have solved it. So sometimes you need to look a little tougher at what you're using and maybe you can find the solution there as well. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I like that. And then, yeah, huge shout out to Aaron Terry, you know, um, you know, it's, it's good to, to have those people helping and that's one good positive of social media right now right <laughs> sometimes right. there's positives so okay. all right the next one is a live stream where when i saw this come across the news i knew i had to go watch it right after this it is by matt clemente adding a cfml language definition to prism js and I don't know how far he got, but this is God's work here because <laughs> I have many times wanted syntax highlighting for CFML. And there's only one of the, you know, um, the JavaScript libraries that supports it and it's kind of old. And so this looked amazing just reading about it. I don't know how far you got, Matt, but like, please keep going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Matt does some really interesting uh, live you know, live streams, it's not the same thing all over and over. And he, he dives into some interesting things. And yeah, this is, this looks really cool. I haven't seen it myself yet either. Uh, I know he just did it, uh, you know, basically last week I was stuck in trainings. And so I didn't get a chance to see it yet, but I'm definitely going to check it out. It's very interesting. So thanks for sharing that. 
Okay. Okay. The next one's interesting. It's a Ben Nadal post. Uh, by the title, you might not think it applies to you. It's getting Mongo DB database and collection names from the connection string and Lucy CFML. Um, but what it seems to be, he he starts by saying the uh, the team wants to supply the entire MongoDB configuration in a single environment variable. And so uh, ColdFusion, of course, is piecing together different pieces in the struct. And so he was finding out how he could uh, use that single environment variable to extract this information. So that one, that made me think that that was very interesting to me rather than, you know, I don't use Mongo, but all of us are going to need to parse a crazy connection string or some sort of string like that at some point. So, yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, yeah, things are changing these days, going more Docker based and, you know, trying to have one image that can work in multiple environments and be able to change something like where, which, you know, which tier or which environment you're aiming at for your different services, you know, very important. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to, to see these types of things. The other thing I thought looking through this post, um, the the secret sauce spoiler alert is a connection string Java class that he can throw the whole connection string in and then ask for pieces, you know, ask for the database, the connection, the collection, things like that. And it made me think of like the Java URL or URI libraries, which can do the similar thing. You can just throw a, a URL string and then get the protocol or the path or any of that. And just as a reminder to uh, us ColdFusion developers that there are a lot of great Java APIs that we can reach for rather than having to do like regex parsing, you know? Yep. So. Yeah, I don't know how many times we've had to write our own little URL parser, you know, or, or something like that. You know, if you built your own framework, you probably have your own routing, you know, passing and <laughs> everything else to all the things that frameworks will do for you. But yeah, I mean, dropping down to Java, you can save yourself a lot of headaches. And that's a good point. You know, remember the power at our fingertips. So don't reinvent the wheel. And I used that recently in, oh, what was it? I'm not going to remember. Oh, in Hyper, our uh, HTTP library where following redirects was needing to append the base URL if the redirect was relative, but use the full URI if it was not. And I was trying to find a, a smart way to do that. And it turned out the smart way was throw it into a Java URI class and it would tell me if it had a host or not. And that was it. Very cool. So, some cool stuff there. Yep. So, Next up, we actually have a, a little tweet from Brad and basically just saying that after a suggestion by Richard Herbert, uh, command box v next uh, will allow you to pipe uh, the you know to the standard end of native binary. So basically, you can create GUIDs and pass them into clip or PB copy in this case, which would basically put it on your clipboard. But yeah, just the ability to, to throw cold fusion into you know piping into other things is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, little things can, you know, still make you pretty happy sometimes. But, yeah, I don't know how many times with just little commands that we're writing. And, you know, task runners make life easy, but sometimes you just want to have it in your, you know, command line. So, pretty cool. Okay. Next up, we have a, a little blog post from Steve Bryant. He's been on a little bit of a roll lately with some good content. And... 
here's some some thoughts on caching strategies. So, uh, talking about what is caching, factors to consider, managing data changes, balancing the the cache storage. So, if you really you know haven't done much with caching, this this looks like a good starting place. So, nice introductory uh, blog post and um, yeah, really good to to get the basics down and. Um, I really like uh, I like that. I know previously talked about some other caching, and we actually got some ideas for uh, what we can do to add to Cashbox to make it even better uh, with some of the, the the natural language, you know, cache expirations. But um, but yeah, so I think this is a good blog post if you're you know if you're new to caching or maybe you're you're still in the beginning stage. This looks like something to to definitely check out. So thanks again for sharing that. Okay, the last uh, bit of news here, or maybe second to last, is uh, that parent post by Ben Nadal about using custom SMTP headers for debugging. So before figuring uh, out about Postmark and the custom metadata that you can put in there, uh, Ben was showing us how you can include any sort of SMTP header as mail params with data that you would like to see in the email. Um, I think this is a good thing to remember. We do this in a couple cases with our APIs. I might be stealing your thunder for uh, this, your next work, uh, whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, the, the online meetup. There we go. It's going to call it a workshop and I couldn't remember. But uh, like we have a host name module that will automatically add the host name. For, uh, very useful for Docker container uh, development or add the current environment as a header so that when you're dealing with these APIs, you can easily see those values. So a good reminder about what headers can do for you, especially in debugging when you don't have, you know, it's not the normal refresh the page cycle. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, headers are really useful. I never thought about putting them in emails to track it, but that's actually pretty interesting too. Um, Email is funny because it's basically just a web page, but there's a lot of it's a web page with a really bad browser. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, I mean it makes sense when you think about it, and you know I've used tags before with uh, SendGrid and stuff like that too, and I, I think there was another one that I actually added the ability in the API wrapper to do that because I was really wanting to track like okay. Well, what type of email message is this? So I could break down what messages were being sent and how and and whatnot. But yeah, pretty interesting. So uh, as usual, Ben solves problems, and uh, I, I like it because yeah, just sometimes it gives you a different you know a different way to approach a problem, and I, I think that's one of the biggest things we can win from you know sharing our our knowledge this way. So that's why I, I get such a kick out of the stuff. So. So last but not least, we um, Charlie just posted this in the chat, but we actually, I think we saw this last week as well, that uh, one of our um, previous Coldbox uh, training um, attendees, Philippe Sambor, um, has actually got a Udemy course now. And that Udemy course is building modern CFML apps with ColdFusion CFML framework. And so um, just released, it's a it's a free little free course here um so he actually uses qb schema builder as well for the cf migration components and so um some good content here so if you guys want to check that out maybe that's a good starting point but uh he's already got 1800 students 
a couple of hours of on-demand video, so pretty cool. Um, yeah, congratulations, Philippe. It's yep. great to see uh, Cold Box Zero to Hero alumni out there making awesome content. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's, I mean, he, he loves it. He uses Cold Box all the time now, so he's one of our biggest fans and, uh, you know, helping to spread the word. And that's great. You know, the more people using it, the more we can, you know, help each other share with modules and learning. And, you know, it all helps, right? And that's, that's what makes a, a good community. So good to see that. So congrats, Philippe. Okay, now let's get on to some jobs. And boy, do we have some jobs this week. Ooh. So last week on GetCFML Jobs, we had zero. But we still had a couple other jobs on Stack Overflow, and uh, Audis was looking, and Lucid Solutions was looking. Uh, this week, we have eight jobs just on GetCFMLJobs.com. So we've got a full-time Confusion developer a remote in the United States. Actually, we have two of those. Um, we have a full-time software engineer in Reno. Uh, we two have, of those as well. Oh, we have two of those. It might be a duplicate if someone posted to different uh, different sites. And you get mm -hmm. CFML job scrapes other sites to bring content, and you can post there as well. But there's also a full-time position in Roseville, California. Um, there's also a full-time system analyst level three in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, there's a Confusion developer full-time, and it's a contract in Toronto, Ontario, Canada as well. And there's also a full-time Confusion Lucy developer in London, the United Kingdom. So a lot of good opportunities there. So if you're looking, uh, there's plenty of options there. And Audis is still looking too. We're, I know Brad's been doing interviews, and we've had uh, some good applications, but we are we still have our post up too. So if you're looking for a, a position, Audis is actually hiring. So yeah, just a reminder there that U.S. time zone availability and uh, ability to work in the U.S. So U.S. citizen or resident or work visa is required for that position. Yep, and then obviously uh, a passion for cold fusion and learning. Uh, and then yeah, we we got a lot of a lot of fun projects. It's really great to work with a bunch of smart people at Audis, and uh, I know I learn a lot all the time just from rubbing off, you know, whatever I can learn from these guys. So definitely definitely good so a lot of great job options there remember get cfmiljobs.com uh, and you can even post your own jobs there too if you're looking so okay awesome so next we have the forgebox module of the week and we are going to be talking about the osgi loader yeah so this is made by uh julian hallowell he is the developer behind the lucy spreadsheet module as well and uh, if you have used OSGI bundles inside Lucy, um, there's a folder. Usually you drop them in, and at some point it disappears in that folder, and it may be installed, and <laughs> it can be kind of frustrating. And this uh, OSGI loader that Julian made is a way to directly instantiate, um, install and instantiate a, an object from this bundle. Yeah, so it's it's pretty neat. I mean, we've used Java Load in the past before and everything, and um, you know we use that for a lot of projects. And sometimes we'll drop them in the CF settings uh, lib folder and you know change your application CFC for that. But yeah, having the ability to check to see if something is loaded or not, and apparently that's a very quick action too. It's not like a, a slow a slow thing. But yeah, you check to see if it's loaded. And if it's not, you install it. Um, it's pretty neat. So we've got some good documentation here. You can even uninstall a bundle too, which 
I guess if you need a one-off task that you need to run and you can remove it, do that as well. Right. So. And remember this, the, the main thing you're gaining here over installing the Lucy way is there's no needing to wait for Lucy to find the new bundle and install it. You are calling the code right there and it's going to happen or fail. Yep. So I bet that's one of the things too with the, with the Lucy development the the deployment process like you say you kind of throw it in a folder and you check to see if it's still in the folder to know if it's installed or not right so that that feedback is probably a lot better um yeah it definitely looks real nice so thanks julian for for making that available to the community so that's your forgebox module of the week obviously it is for lucy and version 5 plus only okay so next up we have a VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week. And so last week we talked about you know all the great features that come in VS Code every month. And they, every month they do a, a you know a big release. They have a lot of great release notes and everything. Um, but there's a lot of notes. There's a lot of content in there. And so this week what we wanted to talk about was the Visual Code release parties. Yes, you heard me right. They have a party every time they release this. <laughs> so nice. they have like a, a live stream with the the basically with a team and they'll do a, a release party where they go over all, all the features, show you all the features and have a Q and a. So if you've got questions about those features or you're not sure how something works, um, they basically do that. So every month, uh, when they release the new version, you can actually watch a video, you know, go through all the different changes, ask questions. That's a pretty cool feature. Hey, uh, Luis, when you listen to this, I want cold box release parties. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it just it just sounds cool, you know. <laughs> I mean, they do one every month, and they even have a YouTube channel where they've been posting the last few. So they don't have every single release party there, but the last three are up there right now, and hopefully today's because they had one today for uh, for September's release. So you know, if you want to get better with VS Code and learn some hints and tips and tricks, keeping up on all the features in it is the best way to do that. So. Uh, definitely recommend that. And I'm going to be going back and watching the last few because it feels like VS Code is so awesome and powerful and I still don't know half of the features. So I guess I should watch those videos. So, <laughs> so there we go. Okay. So that's your hint of the week. And next up, we have our Patreon supporters. Well, we've got a, we've had an update. So I'm not sure when these newest supporters arrived. Um, my list was a little out of date, but we have four new supporters since last week that, that I am aware of. <laughs> so Edgardo <laughs> Saberis, Jonas Erickson, Matthew Darby, and Ross Phillips. Sorry if we didn't get to you guys sooner. Uh, we try and keep up on the spreadsheet, but there's a lot of names on that list and we might have missed a couple. But um, So you guys are all added to our list now, but we want to highlight you as our newest supporters and we definitely thank you for that. So... So let me go through the, the new longer list and uh, thank our Patreon supporters. Ben Adel, Brett DeLine, Calvin Stanton, Charlie Earhart, Dali, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Ballinger, Tadia Lesnicki, Don Bellamy, Edgardo Caberas, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Giancarlo Gomez, Jan Yannick, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Jeremy Adams, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamary, Kai Koenig, Lexmar Terahadi, Mario Rodriguez, Matthew Darby, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Ross Phillips, Ryan Hughes, Scott Steinbeck, Sean Oden, Stephen Klotz, Synaptrix, and Yogesh Mathieu. 
So all of these brilliant people spending their hard-earned monies to financially support this podcast and our open source projects is pretty awesome. So if you want to find out more about um, supporting us through Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash order solutions and then pick a package that supports, you know, that meets your, your level of commitment. And obviously we, we want to spotlight these, these guys. And if this list gets too big, we might have to go back to our original plan of only certain packages being named. But right now, <laughs> anyone who basically pays us, you know, one of those packages where we're spotlighting here, cause it's, it's really important and we appreciate every single one of you. So, okay. Wow. Man, I almost lost my breath reading that list. <laughs> it's getting big. It is Thank you, big. everybody. Yeah, so we appreciate it. Don't forget about Hacktoberfest. Don't forget about the three or four different uh, SIP webinars this week. We had a busy week, so you guys enjoy, and we'll see you all next week. We'll see ya. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io. We can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.